there is a crystal in everything, your computer, our bodies, our brains. We are electrical beings. When you understand it from a vibrational level, the penny drops. All energy and information within our entire reality is radiating from infinite zero points. The universe is a hologram and all that exists also exists within each point or zero point. It is both nothing and everything. Welcome to the Zero Point Podcast, where you will receive information, stories and perspectives relevant to the nature of our times. For some, what is shared may have zero point. For others, it may assist them to reconnect to zero point, a place of neutrality, creation and expansion through this great transition. I'm Madeline Doherty, your podcast host. Through combining my background of journalism with my now professional work in traditional astrology and energetics, I intend to offer you a multi-dimensional perspective that is grounded in truth. So I'm very, very excited to speak to you, like very excited, jumping out of my pants excited. For those that are going to be listening to this, I know that you're going to get a lot out of it. For those that have kind of been around watching me on Instagram for a while, saw that I went into the war zone of 5G when I was down in Wodonga and shared some of my experience. And Fifi reached out to me, gave me a Bible of healing (laughs) techniques and practices and all these different things that I've got next to me here, medicines and herbal concoctions that quite literally saved my life. I say that from a place of maybe a little bit melodramatic, but I reckon if I stayed there, I don't know what things would look like. I was moving through grief at the time. On top of that was experiencing symptoms. I had previously felt when I was in Perth a couple of months previous, but had never experienced before. And it was very, very scary, very daunting. And all of my normal go-to, I guess, techniques and things that I'd eat or go to 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 help myself weren't working. And Fifi reached out to me and shared so much knowledge with me. And I'm so excited now to have her talking to me and and recording this for other people to hear her knowledge because I really do see Fifi as an expert in this space because she's moved through this. She's laughing at me saying that, but she's moved through this. And I see people that have moved through different journeys in their life and have been able to come out the other side as experts because, you know, becoming an expert of your body and how you can use different things to bring yourself back into balance and then share with others is just such a gift. So I'm really, really happy to have you here and you can give a little intro. I know that you have some lots of things that you work on. You're a real creative and also share your journey of how you came to know everything that you know about the electromagnetic world we live in. (laughs) Thank you, Madeline. The gorgeous, beautiful, glowing Madeline. I connected with Madeline with the Uluru activation. That was quite amazing and was following your feed just through Instagram. I love what you posted. I really connected with your openness. I just thought it was beautiful. So when I saw you in a state, (laughs) recognising the mirror. So I, I come 
from the Blue Mountains, grew up in the Blue Mountains, resided in Sydney for many years, back to the Blue Mountains, in a very quiet, protected, low electromagnetic area, also living in an older house, no smart meter, old wiring, very limited wiring in the house. You'd find one power point in each room, no double-ended switches, <laughs> so very basic you know, 50-year-old house. A 3G tower protected by many trees, so connection to um, a mobile phone was, you know, dodgy. So you just accepted that. You just walked down on the street to make a call, blah, blah. Um, always walking in the bush, very connected to that space. You know, I was born there, brought up there, so it was lovely to go back. I always looked at my phone and just wondered, how does it do that? <laughs> like what is it doing my guides when i look back now were saying to me in your handbag do not have that phone in your handbag next to your body place it on the other side of your wallet and your diary <laughs> so i did that and i'd sometimes get tingling in my hands i don't know i was just always like nah, nah. um would never let my daughter hold hold the phone next to her head or anything i just instantly get a repeal you know like don't do that <laughs> but i didn't understand why <laughs> so when we moved to victoria we've been here three years now so in the first year of moving here we live in a beautiful rural area um in the otways gorgeous very surrounded by bush, trees, beautiful forests not far from the beach. Just, yeah, lovely. Very grateful to be in this gorgeous house. Okay, daughter goes to school. <laughs> I thought, oh, sweet, a little country school. Not going to mention any names or places. Because <laughs> all schools are the same. So it doesn't make any difference. She goes to school. Now, the school that she did go in the Blue Mountains was actually the school that I went to. And it was still quite stuck in old, old time land <laughs> mm -hmm. and very few computers. There was 25 to 30 kids in the school. They only had like, you know, say five iPads. All the computers were hardwired in, no laptops. iPads were just fresh and new there. And they really only used them on a group basis when they did a little rotation around the room, which I saw when I helped out at the school. So I know her, looking back, her time with any wireless device was extremely limited. Our modem back at the house was old, it was 10 years old. It didn't even cut to receiving my computer down through a wooden floor, <laughs> down into a garage <laughs> to where I had my studio, my art studio. It wouldn't even connect there. So that's how crappy that was. <laughs> so I knew it wasn't very strong. So we get down here. Because we had to put everything we owned into a truck, I had then had to downsize. So my stereo was all hardwired in. I had the old speakers. I had a nice five turntable CD player. <laughs> no new technology. So when I moved down here, I thought, oh, well, I might as well just get a new little speaker that can Bluetooth. I just didn't think. I just thought, wow, it's out there on the market. That's pretty cool. No cables. Mm -hmm. We get down here, set that up. Telstra comes an NBN comes, puts in the big chunky NBN thing on the house. My first reaction to that was like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, what is this? How does it work? And I'm just so used to cable, you know. We had ADSL still, <laughs> where we moved from. Uh -huh. 
So this was all brand new, fresh. He said, oh, I'm just putting a receiver on your roof and that talks to the tower on the hill. I'm like, oh, okay, which is behind the school. And so all that went in. Telstra's lovely smart modem goes in. <laughs> Must be a chunky, powerful thing. And I'm also caring for my mum at this point in time. She has dementia. So we had her with us as well in our living area. So the change I saw in, I would say, six, three months was really full on after six months. I'm going to use the word diabolical because it was. Yeah. When I look back, it was awful. Wow. Um, many, many symptoms that I recognised in you, Madeline. So yeah. that's when I knew straight away that you are feeling it and my daughter was so sick, she really missed 50% of her school time because she was copying it at school, then copying it at home. Then a girlfriend of mine came around and she's pretty cluey and is quite aware. So she actually mentioned to me about, could it be the wireless? I said to her, oh, God, okay. wondered how that stuff worked. And it's funny enough, I was also searching for heating for my mum because it's freezing mm -hmm. down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at infrared heaters. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, you know, that heats all the objects in the room. It uses a wave. I'm like, that's cool. So then I was researching frequencies and then up comes EMR Australia, up comes <laughs> all this frequency information about wireless technology and I'm like oh wow what start looking at waves looking at frequencies looking at levels looking at patterns and I'm just like wow okay and then rang Lynn from EMR Australia and had a chat to her and she just yeah she blew my mind really and that's when I unplugged and threw everything out, yeah. <laughs> wrapped like you, wrapped foil around my modem. Actually, <laughs> like, in Wodonga, I my family was laughing at me. I had was making tinfoil hats, quite literally, until my hoodie right. arrived, my EMF blocking yeah. hoodie. I was making tinfoil hats around my head. It was the only relief. How did you learn about that? The tinfoil hat. Yeah. It was an intuitive knowing being yeah. a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I was like, why do they call this? What's the crop circle movie where they're all sitting there with their tin hats on so that aliens couldn't read their minds? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like, I've never, to be honest, I've never understood that insult. I've had it since I was very young because I've always been yeah. questioning things and people would always throw it in there. And every time I'd sort of have this sort of, huh, tinfoil, huh, anyway, and go on about because, you know, my thing's been fluoride, right, in the water. That's where, yes. you know, I've unraveled a lot of things. So the tinfoil thing was never something I really understood, but then I totally get it now. <laughs> That's yeah. my favourite thing. <laughs> Love it. Um, I want to go over all the, well, first, um, what did you do? Like once you started finding out everything that happened, you. Well, I've got to say the, oh, just the symptoms were quite incredible mm. because it is on a cellular level. Yes. It, our whole bodies, it's 
it's honestly from head to toe, from inside to out. It is encompassing everything in our bodies, psychically, energetically. Oh, just talking about it gives me the shivers because mm. I just know it's the biggest truth bomb out there and trying to get people to comprehend you've got to really come from you know the space of compassion which is exactly what you do which is what I see you reach out and touch people if you hit them all with the info they just blank out (laughs) and they don't want to know an inconvenient truth because that's really what it is very inconvenient the symptoms we had were depression full body aches and pains flu-like symptoms definitely the depression was so severe that you actually get and this is where i understand you on your final days there a feeling of impending doom yeah oh my god now i quote that actually from a study where people described in wireless studies microwave radiation studies they describe their sensation as impending doom and that is so accurate and you know that's really another description that people that are close to suicide will also use the word doom wow the no hope the doom emotionally unstable so you know you thinking that people are going to think you're nuts absolutely incredible now me and my daughter were suffering at my husband i'm actually grateful that he was working a lot so he was not in this house for the length of time that we were so it was lovely to have him actually be like he was looking through the window at us he wasn't in it because i believe if he was in it he would have also gone down the same path and we all would have not been able to help ourselves so to have him be like a stability and to start questioning and to start what is what is happening here because one night he came home Siana had not been able to go to school she was just writhing on the floor in pain and thinking that her heart was going to implode and she had weight on her chest she couldn't breathe her stomach was in knots it was we were just beside ourselves with trying to figure it out he came home and was sitting on the lounge and I just touched him. It was like I had this pull from my chest towards him and I went, you know what, babe? Okay, I do not know what's happened on this land, but I feel like there is energy here as if there's been a mass murder or an Indigenous atrocity on this place Mm. because the energy I am receiving here I have not been able to ground myself and I have done everything in my toolkit. Something is wrong. (laughs) Like, you know, to describe it like that, I think that is a very accurate description. I don't know whether people will relate to that, but when you walk in a place if anyone's felt like they've been walking through the bush and they just get a really weird feeling like "Mm, this doesn't feel good here it is like that but on an intense level yes i can really relate yeah your body it's like all your cells in your body just want to get away yes yes 
So you're getting this like, I need to escape, I need to escape, I need yes. to escape. I get out of here. And I new to the area and I just didn't know where to go. And I knew I felt good outside. I felt good in my garden. I felt good under the trees. I was barefoot a lot. I was eating everything I could eat here. <laughs> it was growing because I knew that was also feeding me into the earth here. I was drinking every herbal tea from every plant that I grew. <laughs> I was lucky to get in contact with Dr. Cooper through EMR Australia. Mm-hmm. He was one of the doctors in Tasmania who had recognised the electrical sensitivity in one of his patients and had actually gone to court with that diagnosis and won a case for his workplace to change and hardwire in so he could work there. Wow. So he understood. So bang, on the phone. I need an appointment. <laughs> that was a big game changer, getting a doctor to actually understand. And he has read the whole bio initiative and it is thousands of pages long. It is thousands of scientific documents, tests going way back to military. You've got to know that when I found out that this technology comes from war, it comes from the military, comes from radar when they invented radar they really didn't understand how it worked but they knew it bounced off things it could give them information back you know like sonar under the water with with the submarines same kind of stuff which is extremely damaging in our oceans but anyway so you know i've read that at pearl harbor and they they had the radar working there and they did get information the planes were coming but they actually thought oh Oh, that's weird. Like, we shouldn't actually be receiving any information back. They didn't even trust what the radar was saying. That's how much they didn't even realise how it worked. And then, boom, the planes arrived and they're like, yeah, radar does work. Now, those men around that radar machine used to actually get hot and warm and their food used to nearly cook in their pockets and their scrotums used to tingle and burn and they could hear, they could hear the ticking, they could hear the microwave, they could hear it. Their brains were buzzing, they were being cooked. Like this is high level microwave radiation to reach that far. And because they didn't understand really how it worked, I think they just must have pumped it up to a maximum level. So, you know, even way back when radios first come in, I don't know whether you've read um, Invisible Rainbow yet by Arthur Furstenberg. No. But yeah, he talks about really the invent of electricity with it in society, how it affected people, um, the industrial revolution of it, electrical illness. It was seen by doctors as soon as electricity went into people's homes. But no, that can't be. (laughs) It got poo-pooed and shun-shun because that's not going to advance our modern world. People don't feel well around what we're trying to do and improve society with electricity. So all those doctors just like today get ignored and all that information gets put in the bin and hidden from the people. So everyone just gets sick and wonders why, you know, those radio frequencies that were first out with just radio, not even radar, you know, in World War One. you know, my grandfather, I now believe that he developed full-on diabetes at the age of 21. I now, after reading lots of scientific studies, Diabetes is caused by 
wireless radiation is definitely one of the major causes. And yet he had to leave leave the military because he came down with full-on insulin-dependent diabetes. So his pancreas absolutely stopped working. I'm just thinking now, I've been kind of looking more into the science around electromagnetic fields and different metals and how they react magnetically. And, yeah, it's interesting that you just say about diabetes because I have seen that there's some vaccines that also can trigger it or contribute it or um, cause it. And now I'm wondering, understanding more about our electromagnetic world, whether some of these metals that are in the vaccine, whether the interaction with those with the fields. Absolutely. Um, and that okay. is one of the things yeah. that Dr. Russell Cooper pointed uh-huh. out. So, yeah, when you when you work it out and you figure it out and you are electrical sensitive and you've just been wiped out by wireless, you know, it's like, why isn't everyone else suffering like I'm suffering? Yeah. <laughs> it's coming from no prior exposure. So you've actually been thrown in, and this is a really good analogy they use, the frog uh-huh. in the pot. If you put a frog in cold water and you put the heat on and it gradually gets brought up very slowly to boiling point to cook the frog, the frog will not jump out of that pot. It is getting used to the temperature, it is adapting, it is building resilience until it's boiled. If you were to chuck the frog in the boiling pot, well, it's not crack it. <laughs> it's wow. going to have a reaction and try to jump out of the pot. Wow. That is a very good analogy Mm. that's how i felt that happened to us and would have happened to you when you entered little victoria with lovely wireless nbn and wireless mobile phones so we have double the towers here they love wireless here (laughs) i was surrounded by 14 5g towers 14 holy heckers like and i'm talking because where where my nana lives it's right near the shopping center so there's like three around the shopping center because shopping centers are bad for it yeah they're quite close together obviously with the new 5g towers and then there's some scattered kind of around but it was like i was in this circle of 5g eradication (laughs) like (laughs) eradication of anything living and now that you say that everyone that i was with my nana obviously lived there um mum and dad that came through because it was at the time granddad had passed which is actually another story very much linked to this which now i'm going oh okay my sisters from canberra yeah parents from canberra all kind of 4g i think it might have i think there might not be 5g rolled out just yet but there's towers around and they work in the city and all the rest of it and then my partner is an electrician so he's working with electricity and he never had saying that he had really strange symptoms January of 2019 before all the pandemic circus began. He had very similar symptoms to what they're now calling the virus. And now that I'm thinking about it, we had been away, like we had been in our isolated desert land for quite a while and then we went over east for X amount of time and he got very sick while we were there. We didn't contract, like there was no contraction that happened at all. Like he 
Um, no one else got sick. It was just him. And it was these strange symptoms again, the runny nose, the shortness of breath, the strange headache, the fatigue, which is everything that I had in Wodonga. Massive. Oh, the fatigue, fatigue, this heaviness, this, and almost like this caving in of your body. And I I really resonate with with what you said about the cells wanting to escape, like your body wanting to escape. Because I remember sitting there, it was probably three or so weeks in of being there in Wodonga. And I was like, I need to get out. I need to get to the forest. It was like this thing. And I didn't have a car. And my sister thought I was, you know, like, can you just wait until I'm like, no, I need to get out now. Like, it's like this. It becomes an emergency. Yeah. It felt like an emergency. Like if I didn't, I would die. Like I couldn't breathe properly. And it was the weirdest thing. And I want to ask as well, did you experience the weird thing on the crown? Yeah, I felt completely disconnected to my spirituality, completely disconnected to source, to listening to guides about information that I needed. Oh, just isolation. Mm. Not only moving to a new area and feeling a bit isolated, (laughs) Mm. Um, trying to meet people when you're already feeling like a nervous wreck. Yeah. So really difficult and struggling with the school and why my daughter was so unwell and going there with, oh, she has an undiagnosed problem. That's interesting. They can't pinpoint that. What did we have? Inflammation of the lymphatic system and one of the lymph glands near your appendix. So that makes you feel like you've got an appendicitis. Ah, when we went to see a GP, which was interesting because she also works in theatre, so she's seeing another side. She said, hmm, it's funny you've come in with that. I'm seeing a lot of this. And I'm like, well, why? She said, normally it's a little acute thing that sort of happens with, you know, growing up and the lymph working extra hard and, and it lasts for a very short period of time. You might feel rubbish for like two days and then it goes and then everything's settled and fine. But it's ongoing. It's starting to be acute. It's starting to reoccur and being a full-on thing to where kids think and doctors and parents think that their child has appendicitis. They go in to the operating table and also the guy doing the operation has also seen a lot of it mistaken appendicitis so they've come up with a little test (laughs) apparently if you get the child to hop on one leg if they can hop on one leg they do not have appendicitis because it must you know they can't literally do that they're in so much agony and the muscle that you use to lift one leg a particular leg must go past your appendix or something and if you really had an inflamed inflamed appendix you would not be able to do that so right at the operating table there he can actually make the diagnosis and go no i'm not opening you up i've opened up too many kids and it's been a mistake Mm -hmm. so this is quite rampant out there which you don't hear about until (laughs) you experience it yourself (laughs) So there was that depression, anxiety, itchiness of the skin, dreadful dry eyes. My mum's dementia went. Yeah. My mum's dementia went radically downhill. Like 
when we moved down here, okay, she had dementia, but she could enjoy life. She could enjoy our conversation, be in our lives, enjoy her granddaughter, walk. You know, she had dementia and forgot a bit, but it turned into massive confusion. Wow. It was dramatic. A lot of the things we have in our house, uh, we kept similar to her, like furniture and stuff like that. So she didn't feel too removed from her space. But, you know, she was happy to move and have a new new break and just a bit of difference and joy after all the family drama. So I knew it wasn't the move. I contacted a Tasmanian university who studies dementia and they just wrote back to me and said I'm a crackpot, like wireless radiation could not possibly affect dementia patients like that. So that was disappointing. Oh, God, trying to give them a heads up. (laughs) I totally brushed off. (laughs) And then after talking to Lena EMR, I think people have to understand because my husband kept saying to me, and this is why I'm so grateful that he didn't experience what we did because he could say to me, well, how is this allowed to happen? If this is not safe, why is it everywhere? And why have all the mobile phones being sold and on the market and safe to hold to your head and it's all cool. Like no one is going to get that if you start saying that it's unsafe. Like everyone's going to think you're a crackpot. <laughs> like, yeah, fair call. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely because it's um, such a norm. Like it's infiltrated in absolutely everything that we do, everywhere well, we go. That infiltration is very, very planned over 30 years of the whole um, coming up with the whole mobile phone phenomenon, creating a market where they knew they would make trillions and trillions of dollars. Imagine if you're a business owner and you knew that every person on the planet would, one, buy your device, two, keep paying a fee every month to use the device and keep buying accessories to go with the device it just, the money, they just kept crunching the figures going, oh, my God, this is so good. So there was no protection. Technology has moved so fast that any protection agencies have never caught up. You can say the same for Big Pharma. In America, the FCC, well, they're like ACME here. You know, they just regulate the channels. You know, if you want an FM channel here, well, you buy that frequency and, you know, their limits were really on what people would buy and the sale of, you know, different frequencies for broadcasting. They weren't really into safety. Um, The Drug Administration, the FDA, they really couldn't handle it because they knew nothing about it. So they palmed it off to the FCC. FCC didn't have any doctors or anything working there either. So so then you've got the fox guarding the hen house, which is the classic term used in this whole story. You hear a lot of people describing the whole setup like that. Tom Wheeler really pushed everything forward. You know, he's seen and quoted many times in his speeches, we will not wait for any safety testing. Now, there was a safety testing put in place because no one's allowed to produce a product without a test to say that it is safe. So, but if you come up with a test that doesn't really look at much and just looks at, you know, like wireless, like let's just look at temperature. 
because that's not going to show that much. And we know we can have a lot of radiation going on for any temperature change. We can do a lot in that level of what they call a safety level. I call it the level of harm because <laughs> it's, it's not the safety level at all. <laughs> so when I found out all this and sort of understanding how the industry has infiltrated safety agencies, how there really wasn't a safety agency in the first place, how this test is a, the model is called SAM, which is a simulated army man or whatever. It is a huge plastic head filled with water. They put a mobile phone. They even have a spacer actually where they're six millimetres away from the head. We're never told that. And, oh. you know, everyone holds their phone flat against their head. So that's another thing that they don't really release. If you look in the fine print of your phone under radiation RF levels, you will find something there, but very deep in the phone in a warning. It's not put on the packaging or anything like that. When you find out that the SAR test, it's called, the absorption rate, it is literally looking at how the water in that plastic mannequin's head is heated with a six-minute phone call. So if the phone doesn't produce much heat after six minutes, bingo, safe to use. It's passed out test. What? Yeah. And it's so not, all, not even on the head and it's just testing water? Just temp- temperature in water. So this test is archaic. It is coming up to 30 years old, this test. You can look it up. You can Google search the SAR test and you can see the mannequin. You can see how they do it. You can see inside their whole lab, you know, this little robot arm coming over with a temperature probe, blurring down into the water. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. So when I figured that out, I thought, wow, they're not even looking at cells. They're not even looking at a human body. They're not looking at the brain. They're not looking at anything. That is so scary. And, you know, it's something that I recently heard about, and I I can't recall details, but there was a man that used to work in, whether it was telecommunications, Telstra, or who's part of the installation process of 5G. He quit, and what he actually did was, and this is something that recently happened, and I can't remember which country it is, whether it was UK or um, America, he actually went and bulldozed or blew up X amount of towers in his area because he could see and understood just how dangerous the technology was and he couldn't stand to have it be put up and he put out all of these different things. To have someone that was working in the industry to be so ignited by the understanding of how harmful it is to go out and do that, I feel I personally don't understand just how dangerous I'm the, trying to think of that when, guy's name. You know what, Madeline? That was here in Australia. Oh, he God, Australia. was it? Was it recently? No. I remember actually seeing the story on A Current Affair, so you'd probably find it on YouTube. Wow. If not, it's been removed. So much stuff has been removed. It's crazy. Um, so you might still find it, but you can still look up his story. His story is fantastically sad. <laughs> but he too was affected and realised how it was harming. He actually saw his own men that he was working with getting harmed on site in the offices and uh, they were all getting sick. He was getting sick and then he figured it out. So he borrowed a tank from a mate and drove it into a tower 
Yeah. So this is the thing. Like, um, he is now an advocate and he goes round as right. a getting neurologist helping people remove it from their homes. Wow. Um, Fantastic. He's channeled his <laughs> energy and that's that's what you've got to find is how to channel the energy because Absolutely. you can get so worked up about it and so angry about it and upset and just absolutely gobsmacked to the point of what have we all done here like to allow this to happen and there's been people fighting this for decades this is not a new um discovery Mm. lynn from emr i think she's been onto it for 20 years she was actually in our panza which is our safety regulation she was on the public board there they got rid of that (laughs) we don't want to hear what the public is saying god (laughs) whinges (laughs) so then she started up emr australia to get the word out um to people and to help people and create safer ways of using the internet because i've got to be very clear here we're not tech haters we know that technology is the future i mean (laughs) when you discover that crystal energy none of this equipment would exist without the energy of crystals there is a crystal in everything your computer our bodies our brains we are electrical beings when you understand it from a vibrational level the penny drops and you know people have been sick for a very long time but you don't become aware of it because it is hidden it is shunned People that are injured by it have to actually go live in the forest. They have to get away. They go to, like, you know, the dish in New South Wales, the radio dish. They have to go there because that is a is a mobile phone-free zone. They can't have any interference because they're listening to outer space with this huge dish. They can't have any frequencies there at all. So that's where people go and live, in that zone, <laughs> because they're never going to put a tower up there. <laughs> no one's got a phone operating there. Yeah, there's, there's people have been getting sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. It is proven that it causes cancer. The biggest toxicology test ever done by the phone industry, billions of dollars spent on that, proved that it did cause cancer. But again, uh, no, 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 it's their own test. I mean, I like, um, you know what? Test's not good enough. No, it's only on rats, it's not on humans. No, it's just poo pooed blah blah it gets brushed off there is just when you start searching you get on the bio initiative start with that every scientific study there oh my gosh environmental health trust get on there dr deborah davis she's been over to australia many times talking at the university dealing with uh brain surgeons who are just like what the hell's going on She's on Patreon. You can support her. I do that. Great information there on how to recover, how to make your home safe, how to get wireless out of your life. It is still debilitating when you have to go out. So, yeah, you've got to build up your body. And that is that is what you learn. And that's why I was just handing you all these things like, oh, my gosh, because I, I felt through my own experience when my body was depleted, when I skipped a meal or didn't really eat enough nutrients, I would feel my body just struggling to cope. 
And then I thought, right, okay, now you do little experiments on yourself and then that morning you pump yourself up with spirulina and you, you take all your flower essences and you keep really hydrated and, you, and you've got your infusions going on and everything and, and then you put yourself in that environment. And I think also because I was going through grief, I think the effects were probably increased exponentially because of that. Emotionally weak was just not looking after myself. I would just plummet and it was just this like downhill. Grief is just an incredible emotion and to then be dealing with wireless on top of that, yes. you did incredible <laughs> to survive that. I'm not even thinking about everyone in Melbourne. Everyone that's locked down in their homes in apartments in the middle of the city. I know. Dealing with their emotions. They're not seeing sunlight. They're not touching the earth. They're surrounded by 5G towers. They're constantly on their phone because there's nothing else there. I feel that that environment, people that are in that are, you know, trapped on many levels of no self-discovery about how to escape that and why things are happening because you can't tap in. Mm. You can't get connection to source and find the answers. Simple as that. It is, you know, they say, you know, oh, mobile phones, we're all connected. I think we're so disconnected with, with the earth and with nature and with each other more than ever. And that is our rescuer. And when I discovered that trees, thick trees, block wireless radiation, I just went out and hugged every tree I could find. Like, I'm just like, you are our saviors. The trees are our saviors. And you hear the 5G thing, they want to chop every tree down because it interferes with the with the radiation direction. It, trees are blocking it and trees are being harmed. Like the tree on the other side of my smart meter is just leaning away. Oh. It is constantly diseased. It is a bottle brush. And I have other bottle brushes there that I can compare. It is the same species of bottle brush. And it is sick. <laughs> it is physically just going. Its field is being completely distorted. It can't even hold its vibration of, of life. No. And this when you start to learn that and understand that you do go into a state of panic. Yeah. it's Everything is at risk. The bees, the birds, the moths. When I first moved down here, we had gigantic, beautiful moths that just were wearing woolly socks. They were absolutely beautiful. Now, I haven't seen them since. I've seen smaller moths. They've never looked great. Yeah, I worry about all of that. I go out and I talk to the bees. I'm like, fly low, little bees. Gotta keep low. <laughs> keep low away from the frequencies. Because I have witnessed here mass bee kills. Wow. There was one at the school. There was one at a park. Bees everywhere. And I believe that those frequencies, well, I don't believe I know. I think you've got to use the right terminology. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince people of anything. What we're trying to do is get information out that has been suppressed. And I think this whole COVID thing, we're all starting to see the information that we need to properly live in this world, to live at our full potential is being suppressed. And I think if we accept that, we can start understanding what they're doing and how they're doing it. 
Mm. You know, awareness is the key here. We can just walk around and get on with our day and blah, 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 but you're missing so much. Even though I feel like I've been to hell and back, I'm a new person, a new person. Like my art now is just going to explode. I'm on quite a different level. Yeah. (laughs) You know what it's like, the absolute worst (laughs) mucky mess (laughs) and you come out an awakened being on many different, you know, depending whatever your trauma is. Yeah, I'm going to call it trauma because that's exactly what it was. And people experience all sorts of trauma. And from what I've seen, the activists working in this field, they have all felt the trauma because without the trauma, you don't get the passion. No. You don't understand. You can hear people's stories, but you can't relate. You know, like I couldn't help someone who'd been in a trauma that I hadn't experienced because I'm not going to understand that. I can be compassionate and hear their story. Mm. But, yeah, to actually experience something, you can then speak it from a place of truth because you've been there. Thank you for listening to the Zero Point Podcast. If you would like to hear more of this episode or others like it, I would love for you to join us in the membership space where I also share helpful resources, astrology lessons, energetic practices, and more. You can find the link to join in the show notes. Until next time, stay at zero point.